working for f***ing stupid idiots. And I'm not an idiot. So I don't want to work. Welcome to Work Shorts, where we go deep on the absurdity that is the working world and life in general. My name is Keith Coleman. And I'm Marv Spandy. He's Carl Spandy, and today's theme is all about personalities. Personality differences at work. I know you have a different personality than I do. We've dug deep in the uh, past few episodes. Personality assessments are one of the ways that corporations use to judge us. Yeah, they do. And um, thank you for saying I have a great personality. I, you do have a great personality. Well, I think uh, personality assessments are kind of a way for our uh, company to ensure that we're having great development plans because most development plans are about fixing your personality as we found out in the last couple episodes. It is. So that's where we left off in the last couple. Really, all of your work feedback is just about your personality. So if it is about your personality, how do you fix your personality? Let's assess it. <laughs> Let's assess your personality. Now we're getting, finally getting to the root of what they want us to fix. And whether it's the Myers-Briggs, and you know, there's the 16 different types of personalities, you're an INFP, yeah, all of those things. Also the DISC assessment, um, there's a color assessment. They're, they're all just variations of these like four quadrant assessment. Put you in, into a bucket. Into a bucket, yep. And people have been putting uh, others in buckets forever. And it's funny, I, I ran into a, a stat when I was looking at this, that personality assessments actually date back to 450 BC. Oh, wow. When this guy, uh, Empedocles, started putting people into buckets, earth, wind, water, fire. Up until this point, he, people looked at each other uh, with, in what they could do, right? Put them into, here's your skills bucket. This is the first style factor that this guy originated, right? So yeah, he's the one who said, why do these people do what they do? What are the threads that I see them, if, if we put them in different situations, A to B to C, why do they act the same way? Why do they approach situations very differently? So if, if, if you and I were back in 450 BC days, we would be rolling the stones up the hill maybe a little differently. Hmm, interesting. Right? Yeah. We'd, we'd, be, we'd be building the pyramids differently. And, and the, the boss would say, well, why is Carl doing it? One way. Well, why, why is Keith? What? Yes, of course. Why is why is he doing it better? Why why is Keith talking to the other hundred people? Uh, but but they're pushing the the stone up the hill. But that was very interesting. That this is not necessarily a brand new thing. People put others in buckets so they can understand them better. So we're gonna dig a little bit deeper in, into that today. But they're not they're not all bad. They can be used to help ourselves become more self aware, understanding our coworkers, uh, in the hopes that we can build higher performing teams. But I think. I think understanding you so we have better performing podcasts, you and I, right? I know. There, we could definitely use this. I think both of us can use a little more self-awareness in our <laughs> lives and hopefully understand each other. What's your style factor? Is your earth, wind, water, fire? That sounds a little woo. Let's dig in a little, little deeper today. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And in fact, it's, uh, it's fun to do at work, but I would encourage people to do, in their, do it in their personal life. So my wife also took a, a personality assessment really? recently. Yeah, after we got our uh, strength finder results, and ah. she wanted to see where her strengths were, and we surprisingly found out how different we really were. And you're like, "Why did we get married?" You know, it's funny because it's like to a certain degree, but then it's also that old adage, like 
opposites attract, right? You, you can complement each other, which I think we do really well. It's, uh, it's interesting. I think maybe that's why this podcast for us might work because you're more like my wife. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. I'm just gonna, <laughs> a lot of woo. I'm just going to leave that, leave that there. Um, so we're going to dig deep into this today. Carl and I are both going to share a couple examples of our personality assessments and discuss what's actionable, what might not be. So we're going to have a good work short of the day. Uh, Carl is also going to share one of his trusty C-lists uh, for us. But first, we're going to start out with the segment called Keith and Carl Become Friends. This is one of the most popular segments. My favorite. On the podcast. It's my favorite as well. This is where Carl and I get to know each other. You can hear in some of our earlier episodes, Carl and I are just getting to know each other. Yeah, we work it's... really close at work, but we don't really know each other. So we're using this podcast as a forum to become friends. So you get to uh, hear this real time yeah, with us. I mean, picture us playing together in a sandbox. Yeah, and I can, starting I can up picture a, that. Uh, starting up a conversation. I'm playing with a tractor. Yeah, but I've got a You're shovel. You're trying to steal it. i got a shovel in a bucket. Yeah, I'm trying to steal your tractor. Yeah, yep. I'm not letting you. Yep, and I'm building a castle and a fort and uh, out of sand. But yeah, it's that's that's exactly... The, uh, the take that we are, we're bringing to this, it's how can we make it new? Every question that we have, it's unscripted, it's off the cuff for the most part, and uh, yeah, we'll just let it fly. So one of the ways that we get to know each other better uh, every episode is to ask one question of each other that the other person doesn't know is coming and has to respond to. So my question for you. All right, hit me. I, I used to love studying history uh, when I was a kid. So if you could travel back in time any period, which would it be? There's a lot of choices. I yeah. mean, this one's this one's tough to this one's tough to come up with on the fly. I mean, you have like you have all the classics that you're taught in school, whether it's the Egyptians or the Romans or the 1950s. Right. How do you like what criteria to choose? I think you can even learn about someone's personality with how they with how they choose this. Yeah. So there's a couple considerations that I have when I think about this. The first is how stinky do I feel that period of time is? It's more about the filter than the actual. Right? Time. Yeah. It's it like, is. you know, I feel like. Wait, do you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're born then, oh, you, man, you, I feel you like don't know. The 1700s and like 1800s, it's like you're wearing a lot of clothes. But where? where? I don't know. In general. I mean, I feel like you're just you wearing, wearing a lot of clothes. A lot. But it's cold. A lot of those places that. I know, but I feel like you're just nasty. I think that's. I guess the pictures that I have in my head, it's like. You know, the old Greek times and Roman times, where everyone's got like the best bodies and there's no clothes and yeah. everyone's hanging out. So you just out want to baths. be in an orgy. Uh, yes. Yeah, there, uh, there's no orgies going on in Northern Scotland. No. With the uh, three piece suit and the monocle. You're right. Yeah. So I, I actually want to go back to. You just want to be in an orgy. Or orgy. <laughs> well, I feel like the Romans, for me, it's like I actually uh, get excited about some of that primal instinct kind of stuff, right? It's, you know, the gladiators. Like the bathhouses. I mean, people fighting against animals. Yeah. Like in, in a stadium full of people watching. Like, I love football. I can't get enough of watching people crush each other. You just want to watch someone die. You're just wondering every Sunday, why doesn't someone die? I think so. I think that's why people also are intrigued by NASCAR. They're there to watch an accident. It's yeah. a sick But thing. those people are stinky. So if you're, if you're one of your criteria is True. stinky people, like if you're in one of those hot NASCAR tracks and, and, uh, Talladega, you're you're gonna smell. That's true. But also ancient Greece, Roman days, like those people smelled. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine that the bath water's clean. I mean, just because you're having orgy doesn't mean it's a nice smelling orgy. That's very true. But if it's, I mean, 
pretty much any time before, I don't know, the mid-century or whatever of this last century, it's probably everyone stunk. So so then, then the next filter is really where. You have to be in a climate that doesn't require too many clothes, but if you have no clothes on, then you're full of dust. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, so you'd be in an, an ancient Greek orgy, is what you're saying. Yeah. That, that's your final answer. Riding on horses and... Do they ride horses? Sending, you know, getting sent off to battle and coming home victorious. So you see yourself as Spartacus. I do. Or, because I have some Norwegian background, I would, like, be like I would be great as a, as a Viking. On the ship that whole time? Now, I mean, I'm a are, boat guy. Well, these are way two different things. So if you want to be in the ancient Greek and Roman days in the orgy, and then you flip to wanting to be on the Viking ship with about a few thousand guys... Do you still want the orgy? I think what it is is I want to conquer. I want to, to be the one that... Conquer their men in the bathhouse? <laughs> conquer anything. I don't know. I mean, I feel like <laughs> that's... I mean, my competitive nature probably, which will probably get co- it. come out later in the show, is like I want to just go and... Get right in there. And win and get in. <laughs> you just want to dig pillage. deep. <laughs> and send home the, the well, It's not a very positive life. It's not. Life that either. was like, awkward. You're, you're pretty yeah. much killing people. And pillaging them, taking their gold onto the next plate. And this is something that excites you. Well, let's not go that far. It's where well, I mean, I you're choosing the place that I, you have other, any other time. But you, you would rather be a, a, a serial thief that kills people on a boat with a lot of other guys. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. No, I mean, no. But yeah, I mean, I'd no, like you said to, yes. I get it. I'd like to at least be on the winning end of that. Any point in time, you're either <laughs> losing or you're winning. And I so want it's going to gonna happen. You might as well be the one who's taking. Yeah, I mean, That's interesting. with a sword in my hand, to me, like makes a lot of sense. There's a difference between carrying around a sword and wanting to use it and going on. All right, I think we, this is, this is, this is much better than I even thought it was. Yeah. I don't think we end up here. I learned a lot about myself there. So if I, if I was going to pick any era, this is a no-brainer for me. This is the 1800s Wild West days. Just for the very fact that you mentioned, anything before that, way too many clothes. Even in the U.S. Right. Everyone has like, not only, not only a lot of clothes, but very formal clothes. And they yeah. all have a hat. They're either wearing a wig. Think about the 1700s. They have, they have fake hair. They have like frilly scar. Everyone basically looks like Prince in the 1700s, which is really cool if you're on stage, but that's not how you want to live yeah. your everyday life. Right. And then everything after that, gets kind of serious whether there's some sort of war going on. But the old West days, you can't beat that. No obligation. You just roll in. You Basically, you're just hanging out with your buddies, riding around, going fishing, looking for stuff, maybe trading a thing or two. You, you go into town when you get bored. When you come into town, everybody's super excited to see you. You meet a ton of new people. You get into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And if anything goes wrong, you just leave and go to the next town. So it's not terribly different than a Viking, but I think my core existence wouldn't be to rob and pillage and then, then kill them. It would be just, you know, to come in after a, a nice ride. And then when you're done, you just go to the next one. And if you, you find a town that you like, you stay there. Until the day when somebody says something wrong to you or something goes bad, you go to the next one. The law doesn't really follow. Not that you can do anything bad, but... I mean, you your just version, get up and go. Your it's version fantastic. of the wild, your version of the wild, wild west is like going from small, you know, rural town to small rural yes. town. Yes, it, it it that is exactly in modern day. It's like you could take a Chevy and do that. Just sub out the horse. I mean, that was my second best 
Tiberius today with a, <laughs> with a Chevy. You can still do some of this stuff. But that, no, I mean, that's... the Wild Wild West is just like my scenario is you're riding through lands being conquered that were conquered from the Indians. I'm not conquering the Native them. Americans. I, I, no, some of this is unconquered. I, I could be in their land. I'm, I'm a friendly Wild West guy. I want to, you know, we, we could work this out. Maybe they chase me around. Maybe, you know, it's, it's a real give and take. There's, there's no power tag. dynamics here. Yeah, it's, it's essentially real life tag with, with guns and, and arrows and stuff. You know, but then you get out of the bad land, and then you're in the good land. You never know which land you're in. It's always yeah, but a you're new, in the wild, wild west. This is yeah. wild. This yeah, is... but there's some of it's good wild. Yeah. Some of it's bad wild. I mean, I feel like you just want to be alone in the mountains, and then when you come into town, it's like... Yes. It's... Whatever you want it to Dust be. bowls, and... You roll into the saloon. There's always something going on in the saloon, too. Yeah. There's never nothing going on. Because that's you the only place where they have exactly. anything going on. See, now today... It's you a saloon like, in the church. you got 30 different places you could go to. So if I want to roll into town, say if I am in my Chevy and I'm going down, going out west and I roll into a town, how do I know where to go? It'd be like 30 different places, no one. There's just like some random drunk guy sitting around. Like it's not the same experience. Back then you go in there, someone's playing the piano. People are striking up good conversations. They want to get to know me. You know, they want to see, wait, what's going on there? Oh, I got chased. It's, it's, it's just fantastic. Everyone's got a story. Everybody does have, everyone has a story. Everyone wants to hear. And we stay and we have fun. Until it goes bad, and then we leave, and it's, we do it all over again. It sounds like my experience when I go on ice fishing trips up to Baudette, Minnesota. Um, it's the wild, wild west. It's all guys at the bar for those ice fishing trips, and everyone's got a story, and everyone's got a one-up story. And oh, yeah. All you do is sip on whiskey, and you one-up each other, and it's, it's fantastic. But if something goes bad, you're still, you have to go back to the ice shack. The thing about the thing about True. horses and those little towns, you just you just get out anyway. The but only thing about I wonder about that is the horses they never travel as far as movies depict them to travel. It's they like don't. They, they go like yeah, but how long can a horse actually run? A long time. I've never seen one stop in the movies. I, that's what I'm saying. They have to stop. They're you know eventually, but then you're and, tired anyway. Yeah, there's no way that those things. I there's mean, only one drawback, and it, it I, it's the dental hygiene. Every I mean, if you chew that much tobacco and they're all smoking cigars. I never see a dentist, and it yeah. it shows on them. I think so, that's got to be their teeth out there. The biggest thing throughout time, right? I mean, even in the Romans, but I mean, everyone had to have had crappy teeth yeah. forever, right? Yeah, even in the orgies, bad yeah, teeth bad in the orgies—that's not a turn on. Yeah, well, less teeth maybe. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. If you're gonna go, go all the way. Like, <laughs> no just... teeth. The most popular guy in the bathhouse for Carl is the one with no <laughs> teeth. <laughs> they had to have had women in there at some point too. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so I, I, right, I'd go wild, to the Wild, wild West. West. I'll right. go to the Wild West right I, now, Carl. I like it. If it let me. Yep, you could if you've ever seen uh, Back to the Future Three. So maybe that's how I got this whole idea. I love it, and he calls or just himself because... Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Keith Eastwood. All right, uh, what's your uh, what's your question for me? All right, so I've got a uh, question for you, Keith. What was your favorite Christmas present? Oh my goodness, my favorite Christmas present. Did you celebrate uh, Christmas with Santa Claus? I did. I never really cared for Santa much. I, I, I knew he was kind of bullshit from the beginning. Because he's sitting down at the fire department. He looks oddly similar to the firefighters who work at the fire department. That's and I knew true. from an early age, I'm like, this... I could see his suspenders under there. He didn't even change his clothes. You could see there were some shenanigans. Yeah, I, I, I kind of called 
calling it early. One of the biggest ones was when I made that leap from, okay, there's all like the little kid toys that you get. But then there was that one Christmas where I got the Nintendo. Oh, and sure. When my grandma gave me that Nintendo, it was like, I think this could change things like forever, right? And it, it did, not for the better. But uh, yeah, that, that like fundamentally changes your life. Once you play Mario and, and Duck Hunt and, and, and Tech Mobile. I mean, it's... Of it's, course. Yeah, it's, it's a part of our life growing up. And it's crazy that we've been a- actually able to experience the majority of that gaming revolution. Oh, yeah. I still play video games with my son, and he's 10. And it's the games that I play with him are crazy, right? We'll play NHL and hockey games. But the hockey game that I played back when you know we were 12 or 10 or whatever... It, light years. My son can't even comprehend that we could have fun playing those games, like Techno Super Bowl. He had, it wouldn't be fun for him, I don't think. Maybe yeah. it would. I mean, what about 007? That's fun for everybody. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That's like child's play, though, for these kids. It is because Call of Duty is the next level of that. The graphics are fantastic. The people look real. The guns are awesome. It's like something you would take on a Viking ship. Yeah, exactly. It's something. It's it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I. Um, I still get into the games and actually it's fun because I've got family members that are into gaming. I've got friends that have left cool corporate jobs to get into cool jobs in the gaming world and very successful at doing it. And so I've often thought to uh, myself and I've had this conversation with others, would it be ever appropriate? And I think it could be starting to, and this could be a business idea. What if we trained our kids to be awesome at gaming? Yeah, that's a whole new thing because like it has a stigma around it from even when we were kids, like even when I first got my Nintendo, like you were that kid who just sat around and played video games. That meant you weren't doing something outside. And now it's flipped to where people are making a ton of money. They're getting sponsored. Yeah. And, you know, with is it the worst thing that they could be? And I yeah, that that'd be that that'd be a tough question to wrestle with. I mean, and, and a lot of it for me too is when I play with my son, we're playing as a team. We're talking strategy. We're is it the voice thing where you talk into it too? Yeah, I mean, because that's when it gets like real, and it, it's yeah. You're... Yeah, my I've had uh, brothers that have played competitively in the gaming space, but like people that say you're not learning teamwork, that's false. You're not learning strategy, that's false. You know, hand-eye coordination. I would say it's a different type of hand-eye coordination, and in fact, some of that keyboard or controller movement and reaction time probably is equally as fast as some of the best hitters in baseball, just different muscle sets. Well, and it's needed. You, you think about the military, that, the people flying these drones and, and carrying out a lot of this stuff, they're just video gamers. Absolutely. So the the dexterity, all the hand-eye coordination, everything that you need, that, that's what people want. And I, I mean, that's a very specific example, but it goes for anything. That's, you're operating heavy equipment. Yeah. Any, any, like it, you, you need those sort of skills. Well, I think too, it's, also, the kids are able to visualize the powerful programming, and they can see how that could relate into different aspects of their life. So when they go into different jobs or think about what careers they could potentially have, being a programmer, being a uh, someone that's in that type of engineering world, it's a game changer because you're not just doing it with calculators or with old systems. You can do virtual reality gaming. You can provide these experiences in a different way now from a programming standpoint for careers of kids that, you know, even marketing like us, if we're in marketing, but now you can be in marketing for games yeah, and different types of applications. 
Um, even surgeons can use some sort of robotics and kind of almost gamify their surgery these days to a certain degree so that those minute uh, movements with their fingers uh, and eyes and hands like are impactful, like they're saving lives, right? So it's like, do I ever spend, would I ever take my son and spend an hour a day, two hours a day practicing games? To get him on the grind. But with intent. Yeah, right? to would get I, a scholarship. Yeah, would I ever take his friends and form clubs? Yeah. And help them learn strategy together. Take four kids together, learn their play as a team since they're eight years old, 10 years old. When they get into high school, now they're the best gaming team in the, in the state, in the country, right? Things like that are happening. People are forming these groups and teams and clubs um, and these various activities. And what are they getting out? They're getting engagement. People are getting engaged. Parents are, instead of seeing their kids sit at home and, you know, playing video games with their self, maybe you get them out of the house, but they're playing video games with someone else. And they've got a coach, a mentor, someone with expertise, you can teach them other aspects of the business world that gaming is more than just playing, which I think there's a need there. Um, Absolutely. And, and as people are thinking about other routes other than just the traditional four-year education, like before we just, we trained people on, well, you better keep your nose in those books so you can get a scholarship. Or if you're good at sports, you're going to nurture that because you can get a scholarship. Those are like proven paths to achievement. Well, now that people are looking for alternatives to that, gaming's absolutely one. Now, are you, are you ever going to get a scholarship into a four-year university? No, but four-year universities are going to be, you know, a, a, a one way that you can travel, and not would, the way. Yeah, and I would argue that four-year university scholarships today just don't exist yet. Yeah, I mean, right? I'm a competitive bass fisherman, and there are scholarships for bass fishing right really? now. Really? Yes, because they're getting on TV. The college championships and stuff, they're on TV, and now you have a boat. You have a platform. Are there enough teams to Absolutely. field against each other? Oh, the whole state of Minnesota has, really? has teams. My son's been competing since he's been eight for the last two years. This is his third year on a team in Minnesota. Yeah. And, you know, as me as their coach, but uh, the cities now have teams. Shameless plug. Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's a different world right now. There's definitely – and the thing, of, if, thing about fishing is that they're getting airtime on TV. And why give a wrestler a scholarship or a band person a scholarship? These people at the universities are making decisions based on recruiting and airtime and visibility. Fishing teams right now are getting on TV. They're on ESPN2, right? They're out there on a big stage where some of these other smaller programs might not have that opportunity. And And in the game world, too, like, you don't even have to be on TV. Everyone's watching these video games online. So there's a whole nother revenue stream if you can nurture that, yeah. that these universities or other clubs, there's a number of different ways that, that people are monetizing. Well, I think in California, um, either in Los Angeles, potentially in Vegas, but they've built a stadium for gaming to optimize the people the that sit there stadium? and view it. Like how many how many people? I, I'm not sure, but it's like it's optimized with screens and the way like that's set up so like people that come can watch. They just had a big... At the Armory here in St. Paul, um, a, a uh, Call of Duty gaming convention uh, tournament. tournament. So like, people from all over the country came in. These teams came in and had this tournament. And you had to be over 16 to, to be there to watch. But it was, you know, meet your favorite team member. Meet these. Get your autograph signed. Watch these guys compete live. These guys are famous enough where they're giving autographs? Dude, it is another level, man. Yo, I would, I would totally nurture that then if that's... Some of these, uh, some of these games um, matches, three hundred, five hundred thousand plus viewers. What being live streamed, live streamed, right without the even the advertising. 
So it's like going to a soccer game or a baseball game, doing it in a confined confined space. You just watch it, and there's three hundred thousand people watching it at one time. Do people like cheer and? Yeah, they have their own right. It's like a chat room. All the video cameras are on the players that are playing. There's a video of the game being played. There's three hundred thousand people interacting with each other. Is it like loud? Is it like a festive experience? Or people like eating hot dogs and stuff? No, it's it's all virtual. Just keep. So everyone's just on your on their keyboard. Yeah, everyone's on their computer. They're watching wow, you play. They're watching me play. That's they're a different world. Typing in a chat. Yeah, they're watching this, and it's all being recorded. And, right, they're hearing the communication between the different players, right, on the teams. They're seeing how that goes. They're watching the movements that they make, and it's all intriguing to people that love watching gaming. their eye movement. Yeah, they're watching the strategy behind it. Right, Dude. they're all. You know, creating these yeah. efforts together. And there is like an engineering and like an eye for experience of what you think is a good experience and what's not that comes out of that. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, that was not me when I first got my Nintendo. So I was just the guy blasting ducks with the uh, the crappy Nintendo duck thing and playing uh, Little League baseball. So and that dog that always shamed you. I know. <laughs> I know. So I, I uh, that that was pretty short lived. But that was one of my favorite Christmas gifts. The other one. Um, was just a basketball hoop. As simple as it gets, but it, you know, as with the Nintendo, this that one probably just fundamentally changed my life and is probably the best uh, investment that my parents ever made because I don't know what that thing cost, but it kept me busy for like years, essentially. Yeah. That's how I spent all of my time. So Christmas, Christmas gifts, uh, it doesn't have to be flashy. I mean, everyone has, a lot of people have a basketball hoop. A lot of people have a Nintendo, but I think it's just, when you get to that stage of your life, it really means something to you. And it kind of like kind of lets you know, like, yeah, that that's that's where my life trajectory is gonna take me clearly to the NBA, right? Which it which it has. And I think that's a great segue into my favorite Christmas gift, uh, was a pair of roller skates. Of course it was. Why not, right? I mean, my parents met at a roller skating rink and uh I, I just I want to picture this. Like what what year is this this is this the seventies? Does your dad have late, late big 70s. hair? Oh yeah. Late 70s. My right dad. In. This is and, what I'm picturing. And I would too if if um, my dad did get a perm. But had he not, he maybe maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's a lie. Because when I grew my hair out uh, in college, I had uh, very curly hair too. You, had, you you grew your hair out. You have very short hair right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grew like how big? I mean, we're talking like. It was considered a fro. Are you, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. I remember I would- Dude, walk, you have to post that. I will. You and have I, to put that up. I remember walking into, uh, or I was at a party Girl once. A fro. And um, I'm standing around at this party, and it was hot in the summer, and it was humid. I remember looking at into a mirror, and my hair was frizzed out absurdly. I was like, "There's this is the, the reason why that there aren't any girls talking to me. Like, look at <laughs> that, this guy. That was my next question. Like, did did some girl give you positive reinforcement where she's like, "Oh, I like your hair a little longer." Yes, I'll grow it there forever. It was. One That's of those usually things. how that starts. Somebody somebody makes a comment that goes, "Oh, I like it like that." Yeah. Well, I think you have to. And this is kind of tangential, but I went to this an whole all, podcast. Pretty right, much has been. Yeah, an, an all male military academy, and I couldn't grow sideburns. Oh, past so the it was middle. it was rebel. It was, I can do it now, therefore I'm going to. Yeah, and that was it. I get it. More rebel. And uh, the I and at that point, I had to just own it. So I didn't care what the feedback was. The, yeah. the, the girls, yeah. That becomes they were, your thing. They were definitely on either side of it, right? But it just became my theme. So you, you grew a fro out because your dad had a fro. Probably because I 
And also, um, I look like Marv from Home Alone. Yes. So, yes. I mean, getting back to the roller skating stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I used to go uh, with my pops uh, roller skating a ton. My dad, like, doesn't dance. Like, he's not a dancer. But when he gets on the roller skating rink, he comes alive. He becomes alive. He's a different person. And he can move. And I totally get, like, why that was his thing. It was, like, him transforming into a cooler, like, awesome, smooth version of himself, which yeah. he totally was. And so, like, I got into that with him. And we we spent a ton of time at the local roller skating rink. And when I got my first skates, I was like, hell yeah. Like this. How is, old were you? I mean, I was in probably high school or late junior high. But I had been going for a while. Okay. Using my dad's skates or... So when you got this first pair, it was like a... It was, it was Let's like just say the first, pay, the first pair is, like... It's still in my closet, and they still fit really? today. Oh my gosh! So like, do I can, you still use them? I haven't in years. I haven't gone. I've been telling my wife for years. Give me, throw me a birthday party at the rink. I'll we, pay to rent it out. We should do a live episode at a at a roller rink. Yeah, we should. Invite some of the listeners out there, and let's just have some fun. I and watch Carl dance. My daughter just went for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and she just had a blast. And now I'm like getting the itch again because I'm like, yes. I think I learned more about you in the last like 10 minutes than I have in the last last month. That was that was incredible. All right, Carl, should we do the C list? Let's get into it. Every episode, Carl brings a topic or a list that he finds interesting and he shares it with us so that we can all hopefully be as wise as he is. So this week's C list, Carl, what you got for us? All right. Well, um, as you know, the C list name is creative. And so it's not. Well, I mean, it pretty we've much had a is. few decent suggestions lately, but still nothing that's popping to us. So keep it coming on the socials if you have any uh, n- recommended names for the C list. So the C list today is warning signs that a meeting might suck. Ooh, this is a good one, right? I mean, we're all. Uh, faced I feel like with I those, know a few. Yeah, we're faced with those situations where you're just like, this could be a drag. All right, so let's jump into this first one. This first one is. You walk into that conference room, you're eager to see the topic and the agenda and what lays before you. Post-it notes, highlighters, oh, yes. and a koosh ball. As adults, this, this is the meeting where you get to do the work. This is, <laughs> this is where somebody uh, sets the meeting up, invites the people, and then they feel like the work has been done. And now it's your turn to do the work. I don't mind these kind of meetings because I just use it as time off. Like you know, write some stuff. That's a great point. Yeah, people are going to put post-it notes. People are going to talk, pontificate. Things are going to be on different walls because that repre- that clearly represents that you're doing something big. But really, all this is is a fancy list. For it is children that adults are doing. Well, and it's oftentimes it's let's get creative. And if you walk into a room and it the has to be colored, day, yeah. And it is it creative? Can people actually bring their creative self? They don't know it's going to be creative. And the damn koosh ball we talked about last <laughs> episode is let's kick it off and do some icebreakers and warm us up with some creative freaking activity. You're that right. You're it just, has to, you any, anytime that you see the colored paper, they're like, oh, if we want it to be creative, let's, let's bring colored post-it notes. And you know how awkward it is bring a better idea. you make an idea on that uh, post-it note, it's supposed to stick on the wall. It's supposed to stick somewhere, right? Yeah. And if your idea sucks, you still got to stick it up there. I know. Or you got to stick someone else's shitty idea up there. It's really just a numbers game, too. And at the end of the day, everyone feels like if there's 50 post-it notes up there, that we did a good job. 
and then everybody claps and you take a picture of it, you send it out to everybody. The picture for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have it, someone all else. right. Look at look at the effort. It's just it's really just praising activity. And there's rarely a follow-up with what that is. I think we've had so many of these, at least, you know, that when you see those, it's like nothing ever comes of it. And I feel like as marketers, we take it in stride. It's easy for us. This is totally we've done so many of these. I look at some of our cross-functional teams, members in different functions. And I can only only imagine the anxiety. I know that maybe that that, that, that could come with. It's well, like, some of them think oh. it's really cool. They're like, oh my gosh, I've I've never been in part of this activity. I'm from a technical field. You're asking me to be very creative. This is this is fantastic. And other people, exactly to your point, they get terrified. Like I have to come up with, up with an idea on the spot. I know. Anyway, all right. So here's another one that there's a random meeting that hits your Outlook, just titled. Team meetings only for 15 minutes and there's no agenda and it's about an hour from now. You know it's something good. Something good you know it's something, something bad. juicy. Something juicy, right? It's this something is juicy. That's, talk, this that's, is going to be the talk of the office, right? I I don't know. How, how, how do you feel when you get these? Are you excited to be there? I actually am. I'm looking I, forward to it. Dude, I, I'm the same way. I'm so jacked up. Yeah. It is, it's like watching a suspenseful TV show and you know something's going to happen. Someone's either coming on the island, someone's leaving the island. Yes, we yes. all might be leaving. Is the TV show ending? Like this could go absolutely <laughs> anywhere. And I don't know, which is, oh, I love it. And, and this, is, this is maybe a little sadistic, but I get excited about how, how freaked out everyone else gets. That's People so true. so freaked it's out true. about it. I, I, I love well, it. And the thing is, is you look to the newer... The newer team members, maybe newer in their careers, they also kind of get this sense of what's going on. I know. And they're looking to us to be like, what do you think it is? And I got a grin on my face. I'm like, this. Yeah, we're smiling. I have we're no like, idea. We're, we're looking forward to this. Like, <laughs> who knows? This, this is, sort of suspense doesn't come every day. We're rolling the dice. This, yeah. this could be fun. <laughs> and they're like, am I going to lose my job? What's my career going to? Is this going to impact like... You know, every it's just like I don't know. That's what makes us exciting. Yeah, we've gone through a thousand of these, so we're like, this is <laughs> this is great. Finally, we get to like step away from our yeah. you know, double monitors for fifteen minutes. Yeah, and here's some of the juice that's been flowing yeah. through the office for the last three weeks, right? I love the group dynamic, and and to your point, yeah, when when it's a group, nothing really bad is happening to you. It's just like there's something happening above you, or you know, a, across the organization. And you're like, well, right. yeah, things are gonna change, and uh, that's this is gonna be entertaining. Because some people are going to roll with it. Some people aren't. And it's fun to see both ways. You just want to get a, a box of popcorn and, and, and watch it all happen. I know. Yeah. I, I wish we could get one every week, really. That kind of <laughs> make things kind of fun. Like, all right. And today, what, what happened today on Friday? It's like, it, it, that, that would make things more entertaining. That reminds me, it probably, it feels like a nice uh, filled jelly donut. Never know Ooh. when that surprise is going to happen. And it the does. burst is going to show up in your mouth. <laughs> I hate jelly donuts. Oh, God, I love that surprise so much. All right, let's jump into the next one here. You attend a meeting, and the, the leader of the meeting, the organizer of the meeting, starts by saying, we all know why we are here, but you don't have a fucking clue. Oh, that's happened to me. Is it, has this happened to you? Absolutely. Never assume that somebody knows, especially if you're in a big company. A lot of different things are happening. Most people don't know. Or even if they do know, things are happening so fast. Give them a reminder. Absolutely. At, le at least refresh on what's happening. There's like very few events where like we know, we all know what we're here to topic. And how many meetings like go and you're five to seven minutes in of a half an hour meeting and someone stops the meeting and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up here. 
what is it we're talking about? Yeah. It, after half the thing has gone by. Like, yeah. It's like, holy That's shit. pretty funny, though. Because you know they're just dicking with people. Oh, my gosh. You know, they're on their phone. They're not really paying attention. It's absurd, right? But it is, but it is. I would say, the responsibility of the person that's running that meeting to set the stage, reground everyone. And so we're on the same page from the first minute. What do you do in that situation? If you don't know, if you generally don't know, and somebody says, oh, we all know why we're here, what do you do? I just look around and smile. Oh, I, oh you smile. That's when you smile. That's when you, <laughs> that's that's when you break smile. it out. Yeah. Because then they know that you're full of shit. Yeah, they go, what's wrong, Carl? I was like, I, I just start nodding emphatically. Yeah. <laughs> because then I want to go so over the top that everyone else is like, does he actually know what this is? And then I'll get really serious about it. I'll even start piling on details that aren't real to see how far I could take this. Until even the organizer goes, man, I'm not even sure why I called this. And then I have the whole group questioning what's even here. And I've taken it to a place that doesn't even make sense. But nobody says anything. It is the greatest experiment. I, but, I love that idea. Actually. And you have to ask. But if you don't know, and, you, and if you're in a group where you don't want to just mess with people, you have to like strategically ask those questions in a way where you can figure it out without anyone else knowing that you didn't know, that's a skill. It's like, it's like not remembering a girl's name. I was like, what do you do? You just, you just pretend the yeah, whole time? Like you, you can for a while, but you're going to have to figure it out, and you're going to have to... You know, How would you figure that out? Oh, you, you find a third party, and what, then you what say... What if you're hanging out there at the bar? You're like, hey, you know, let's go to well, the next... Let's go to the next bar. What do you say? You no, I'll, 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 no, I'll grab somebody else there. I'll grab the bartender and say, Hey, I want you to, I'll, I'll engage them in conversation, but then subtly have something else to do where he has to ask and like, Oh, what's your name? And then boom, then I hear it. There's like a better than 50% chance that that, that, that works. Easy. If you just try to do it one-on-one, -on -one, you're, you're going to get had. Yeah. And if you start playing 20 questions, it, I guess what I do is out. I'd be like, so do you mind if you're, if you can pay and, and she gives her, that's debit, the lead in. De debit card. I'll just take yeah. a look at that. It's a two for one. You know her name and she pays. <laughs> yeah, that works. Well, I, I learned her name, but she thought I was an asshole yeah. because I made her pay. Every, I'll get the Uber. Every time. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I think what my strategy would be in a meeting is I would sit down next to someone. If I knew going into it, I wasn't quite sure about what the meeting was. I'd sit next to someone that I could turn to and be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then Hopefully. I'll be right. I'll be right next to both of you just nodding emphatically. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll throw do, in details about like, Keith agree? knows his stuff. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Carl, would you agree? Keith yeah. knows his stuff. Yeah. Do you concur? All right. So this next one here, you get that last minute meeting agenda, um, you know, for a, a regularly scheduled meeting. And that agenda comes out 15 minutes beforehand. And surprise, you're scheduled to present what you know. You're scheduled to present a recap, an update, a whatever it is, but you're on the hook. This happens like every other day. And you think about the person on the other end of it. This is the same person who sets up the meetings with the uh, post-it note. They think that the work is you schedule the meeting and you brought everybody in together. It's like, all right, I did yes. my job. I, I brought the parties together. This is the work. Now Now you present all the, all this the things. This is the daily everyone. update person. Yeah, this, this is exactly. This is the daily update person. Well, I brought, I brought, I brought you all together. Well, what's your agenda? What do you want to achieve here? Well, that's why I brought you. Yeah, I want you to achieve I want, like, the agenda. You to you have some things to share. So in this one, you don't want to be an asshole, but sometimes like you have to s subtly let everyone else in the room know that that you got hat. Sure. Yeah. And let them know like this asshole like pulled some shit on me. 
Like, like he didn't tell I'm me anything. I'm going to share this today, but I'm not extremely prepared because we just got the agenda 15 minutes ago. Yeah, to be like, oh, oh, okay. I'll let them know that like, yeah, you didn't tell me, an asshole. And you're unprepared and I'm doing your work for you. Like, oh, absolutely. would be happy. To, I, I just have to pull that up because clearly I wasn't expecting to do this. But you can't go too far. You can't go too far and be like, well, I didn't know. Then, then you become the asshole. And nobody wants but to But you see those examples where people are in those situations yeah. and they go, well, I didn't prepare anything. I would have preferred that this got rescheduled. But since I'm here, here it is. Yeah. And the room just kind of drops. Yeah. You yeah. kind of need someone in the room to be your wingman. You absolutely do. Be like, hey, uh, hey, Keith, can you just jump in here and say, hey, Carl, I know you're not probably prepared for this. This is how you got uh, you know, on here last minute. But thanks for providing a rundown. And have it be you, not the leading organizer, like jump in and yeah. save the day a little bit. Yeah, it's tough. Do. But this one happens all the time. It does. So don't be that person. If, if, if you're setting something up, lead it and let people know what, what you want. Never just throw it on the other person right away. Because if you did that, then it's really not your work. What did you do? You just, you're a party planner. That's really the difference between like a, I hate party someone who works. You, you definitely hate party planning. This is, that's like my biggest... You've had some opportunities to party plan. I've had some opportunities to party. It's the worst. It's like a part of it, but it's just not. Some people like that, though. They think that's what their whole job is. is I set up a meeting, I invite the people, and I let them mingle. Yeah. And that's it. So a lot of that's that's fine. It's good work if you can get it. aren't parties. No, (laughs) they're not parties. (laughs) All right, this last one. Any meeting that starts later than 3 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Especially in the summer. And what's what do you, my brain power at three thirty is done. Three thirty, mine's mine's done at two. It's done, and that means I faked it for two hours. It's done. I'm I'm, I'm firing hot at. How many meetings do you go to where everyone looks at each other and they all say, "Wish we could didn't have to be here." My brain is fried. That get the hell out of there every time. All those meetings can be much more much more productive Monday morning. Well, this is a is that the last one. That was it. This was, was like it. a this was a real list. You could tell this is a list that uh, hits us on the daily. It does for sure. Yeah, no, that was a good one. So let's jump on into the uh, work short topic of the day, just personality differences. And I feel like we have a little bit of a, a treat today. So in our a couple past previous episodes, Carl and I jumped into our personal development plans, shared what we're going to do over the course of the next year to get better as people, as workers. We found out that feedback really is just people talking about other people's personalities and whether they like them or not. And Carl, I, I feel like I know your personality a little bit, but today we're going to get a lot deeper on that and mm. share some of our personality assessments. Wow. Who are we? Who do we wish we were? I mean, there's a lot of biases. Yeah, I know. I mean, when I don't smile, people think I'm a jackass. They really do. And they're, <laughs> they really, they really do. do. I mean, the there's no other way is, to say that. I know that came out pretty quick. Is out. <laughs> Um, but no, that's so true. I mean, that's, that's part of it, right? It's, it's, there's these unconscious biases that you see every day, right? People walking, uh, past you in the hall and you make a snap judgment about them. Most of that is rooted in fight or flight, right? So if this person looks like someone that could kick your ass, like a cool Viking, um, you know, or you're gonna get scared uh, if, uh, if Chewbacca is sitting like, up there and you're not, or Chewbacca. You're, you're gonna get terrified and run, right? So, you make judgments, right? If they're the way that they look, their expressions, how they act with you, you make these unconscious biases. And a lot of the times, a lot of the times, the whole intention of the biases is that 
It makes your brain function faster so you can make faster decisions. Yeah, right? do I like this person? Yes, work with them. I can survive. If I don't, run away. It's, it's that simple. But no, I think you bring up a, gr- a great point. It's Biases can be hurtful. Uh, they can impact people's careers. But that's why we're here to better understand people's personalities and their traits. And yeah, and I, and I think these personality assessments can be useful uh, when you're trying to get to know people better. But it's somebody that you already know and you sure. just want to understand how they operate. Podcast host. Yes. Perfect example. Right? I mean, that's why we really want to. I mean, all this. I think preface, that's, yeah, all this. Preface, this is all just a bunch of build up bullshit yeah. for me to figure out who the hell Carl is how at a deeper level. Right? Together. I mean, this is the fifth episode. Are we working are, well together? Are we working together? <laughs> now? I, I don't know. But we need to dig into these personality assessments so we can understand like where where some of these traits coming from, where are they leading? There is uh, some research that goes along with these personality assessments because you can use these in a couple different ways. You can use these to get to know your coworkers and your teams better, which can help. But there's also a lot of companies who use these personality assessments for hiring. Oh, interesting. Do I want this person in my company? Right? I mean, you're hiring for, and this is a buzzword that gets thrown around all the time, but you're hiring for fit. Is this person a right fit in my company. So they'll give a personality assessment based on what comes back. They can use that as a screener. And oftentimes this isn't even a person looking Just at like this, a, but we want a, piss a certain, test. It's, it's, it's very similar to a piss test. Is this person in or is it out? <laughs> uh, but it's interesting when you think about uh, companies wanting diverse talent, but really you're, you're self-selecting for certain qualities. Absolutely. And you want to make sure that others aren't. But the people who are setting up this process and the, the ones making the decision you're going to want more people in there like you. You're going to think that the ideal is you. And then it just becomes this large self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's where I think these personality assessments get a little dangerous. Um, And there was a Harvard Business Review article on using personality tests for just this this exact thing. And it said that over 80% of the time, companies were not better off. And in fact, they could be worse off if they're applying a personality test at the hiring process rather than using just a purely intellectual, factual, does this person have the capacity for work? So that was very interesting. Companies who go out of their way to hire for fit, it can actually backfire. Well, and I think that's, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think both of us have been exposed to people that have either been hired or not, and we've seen their personality assessments, right? And so we know some of the things that they're being asked, the questions, we maybe have gone through this process ourselves, but we've been in the room where those conversations are taking place. And it's an interesting thing to be a part of because it definitely is about, do they fit in here? Is it the right mold? Is it the right functional fit? Maybe they came from someplace outside of corporate America, Yeah, which then is their whole experience for, let's say, five years, eight years, has been in a completely different world. And I'll bring up the example of being in the military, right? Being on the front lines, being someplace outside of your comfort zone, delivering on something where you had to be reactionary. You had like to be a Viking. well-trained. You had to be a Viking and a soldier. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Translating that into corporate America and some of the things that might, you know, when you're sitting sitting down in a testing environment, you're, you're in a probably a, a, a jacket and a tie in an environment where you've been out in the field at war. Shooting people. Shooting, right, for, for the last eight years. And now you're asked to do this test to see if you're 
the fit, the right fit for the company. Your personality fits. You might have had 100 men and women following you yeah. for the last three years, but we need to see if you're the quality of a, a corporate America person that can lead you know, a company. Mind you, a company, right? There's companies in the military. Can you lead people? Which is, it's, it's amazing. And what's riskier? Taking a shot at someone or having everybody that comes in and you know, look, and even if they don't look alike, but think alike. I think that's, a, that's actually more dangerous is if everyone has the same mindset and everyone has the same cultural fit, you're really not moving in the right direction. But I ask you, what is human nature? Human nature is to have people look like you, act like you, think like you. Yeah, because then that, that means it's, they're in your tribe and you'll protect each other and you will survive. It's hurt. If you're taking it back to the, the sheep, old Vikings, it, it, it absolutely makes sense. Mentality. Yeah. Because there's going to be one person that's not going to be like the rest. It's going to lead everyone else off the cliff. Yeah, so there's a, there's a, there's a couple different uh, assessments that, that, that companies use. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the four quadrant methods, even back to you know however long BC, but it's really a standard way to look at a person's style, whether it's earth, wind, water, fire, or it's one of the, the color methods. If you've seen like, are you a blue, green, sure. red, yeah. and yellow, it, it correlates to a, a particular style of personality. Um, and one of those uh, is also the, and it's becoming more pre prevalent, and it's, it's one that I know you have an example of today. It's called the, uh, the DISC method, and it's, and it's an example of uh, standard four-quadrant method. A person fits in one of these boxes with the intent of doing this exercise. You'll understand more about yourself um, and understand about the people around you uh, as well. That's really the cornerstone, I would say, of these DISC uh, or any assessment is you're going to find a lot about yourself, but also how can you bring this in from a team environment, right? So we've done this uh, with our teams. We've sat together in, in, in small groups and been able to go through our, our assessments. And I think that's been potentially helpful. I think are, are any of these a surprise to you? Like when you, when you sit down and take these tests, do you feel like you know yourself or do you go in with it saying, hey, I'm going to find out something about myself? I think it's a surprise of how well the algorithms know me. I think I think sometimes it's terrifying when a machine outputs something that's so specific to you, and then it tears down all of this thinking that Absolutely. I am so special. I'm not so special. A computer just nailed who I am, and I, I, I've taken a few of these in, in, in different phases, and it all comes out like dead on. I know, and it only gets smarter. Like it, it knew me like ten years ago. And now I just feel like somebody's following me around and they know me so well. Well, and the worst part about it is, is the, the printouts, the reports that we get are individualized. And so, so it, for uses, it uses my name in the analysis. It like speaks to me. But does it use your name and just like have some pre pretext jammed in yeah, there? Yeah, for sure. For sure it does. It's a, yeah, but it's still creepy. So that means no, we're not really that different. No. There truly might be four personalities or in the Myers-Briggs, the, the 16 personality types. Are there only like 16 different types of machines running around here and we're not that special? We're not snowflakes? That's I disappointing. I don't think we are that Tell special. Tell me I'm special, Carl. I don't think we are that special. Anyway, let's get back to the DISC assessment. And what, is, what is DISC? What is So D-I-S-C. I'll spell that out there for you guys. So the first one is dominance. Someone that exhibits the dominance that falls into the D category. We'll have characteristics that are direct, 
result-oriented, firm, strong-willed, and forceful. All right. So then the I. Which one you are? Uh, influence, outgoing, enthusiastic, optimistic, highly spirited, lively. What do you, you say that with a very different tone? It's like a little minnow flopping around. <laughs> That's hard. See, you're already showing a bias. What if somebody comes <laughs> in with this personality type? They're on your team. It's like, oh, they're uh, which one was that? Yeah. They're an I. They're not. They're not yeah, a dominant I. Viking. They're not going to protect me at the fire after my evening kill. Yeah, I will actually probably spend my time protecting them. See that? That's a bias that I, I just don't think is true. Is does dominance mean you're going to be dominant over this other person who is apparently flopping around? What what makes you say they're flopping around like a window? Uh, you know, highly spirited, lively, I guess I'm, lively. Yeah, what I is want lively? a lively is that, is that bad? No, you're not hiding in the woods. You're lively, and I'm forceful, strong-willed, and so you already know which one I am. Well, I know what I you, am. You, you, I, I think we just bro, we read off two of them. And I think we don't need to go any further. <laughs> well, let's go on to S, which is I just don't care that tone of your voice. What's the next one? Steadiness. Steadiness. Mind you, they say that everyone has all of these characteristics. Oh, that's bullshit. A little piece of all of the pie. So there's no right answers, no wrong answers. Uh, that's not true because you just read off two of them, and we we fit firmly in a bucket. I think so. This next one, though, I feel like I, I fall to a little bit into this even-tempered. Was probably more me, accommodating, patient, humble, and tactful. Humble? I'm, We've been in here for like five episodes. I haven't heard a humble thing come come out of your mouth. Yeah, I'm not humble in this forum, that's for sure, because it makes a much better podcast. <laughs> you're, you're doing it for the crowd. Normally, I'm very. You're, you're hamming this up. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not really that arrogant. I just do it for the microphone. God. And then the last one is conscientiousness, analytical, reserved, precise private and systematic but everybody fits firmly in a box that's 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 the the idea of this when it comes out they they put you in one of these and that is you no actually they give you like a circle that encompasses actually all of these so you never in in the you've got a a dot like a dart thrown at one of these um but the spectrum they say goes like gosh this is a great way to sell these Anyways, you're so being exclusive without being exclusive. Dominance, influence, steadiness, and consciousness. All right, so let, what, what did we learn? What did you learn about yourself? They tell you anything? Because I, I, I already know where, where you fit. So you're clearly in the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm a big D. You're, you're a giant D. That, that, is, that is accurate on many levels. Got a big D. I'm a big D. Well, let's. let's, let's this is a family let's podcast. Mind, oh, yeah. Is it? That's explosive. Did we just did we it's decide? It's, it's not. A, it's yeah. not a family podcast. All right, yeah. you can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Uh, a D. And anyway, so here's what it says about my personality traits. So, and some of this is going to be verbatim. I've highlighted, and uh, I think you'll you'll find that it's we've actually covered a lot of this in our previous episodes. But and again, this is speaking to me directly. This page is speaking, Carl, comma, one of the words that best describes people with your D style is driven. People with the D style have little patience. For small talk. <laughs> the D style. <laughs> it says dick. Why don't they just put it on there? <laughs> dicks. People You're a the, dick. People with the dick style have little patience with small talk. You have a fairly strong competitive side, and at times you may be fueled by disagreements or conflict. That's me doing it. There are times I feel like when I go in my personal life where I haven't argued enough for a certain period of time that I initiate and yeah, fight, that's, that's, engage with people because I like I want to challenge. That terrifies me. I want to like challenge people. You like, only do that when the situation calls for it. So you just have this this innate 
scratch. Yeah, this that, itch that I, you need to I scratch. I want to like, I want to like box with words. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll, this is like, how people get in fights in the real world. Yeah. They just got shit bottled up, and they got to go out, and they're like, "Well, I haven't argued in a while. Let's go punch someone in the face." Or in your case, argue with words, but it escalates all over the place. This is why shit happens. Yeah, but the thing, what I do is I... No, I found out. It's, it's, it's these people with the big D's. I make sure that I learn like a little bit more than I feel like you know, so that I can support it with facts. I'll make sure that I'm going to win. Just because it says D, this is the big thing about the big D's. The big They D's. think they know. They think they know, and it, they think it's synonymous with, with results, with winning, with victory. It just means you're a big D. I, I disagree. You can be driven. I big D disagree. No, I, 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 I get that. I just don't care for the Ds because they just have a little bit of arrogance. And, and even the organization, I mean, they segment their people like, well, we have the Ds who get things done. And then we have everyone else yeah, who is... The Ds for done. Know, I think there is this assumption that when you have some of these characteristics, that they automatically assume that you get things done. I'm not saying that for you because I, I, I know it's true, but there are a lot of people who fit this who are just kind of steamrolling people, but not getting anything done. That's like the worst of all of all worlds. So I think these people can be very dangerous. And I think that these people... Deep for dangerous. These for dangerous. Yeah. And I also think that they can be held up on a pedestal um, just because they're they're being an asshole to people. And everyone's like, well, you know, they know what they want and they're, they're going to take it. Could go in the completely wrong direction and have no brains behind it. Yeah. But there's the perception... That, that, that that is what the companies and want. And I completely agree with you, and which is why it brings this full circle from our earlier conversation. I'm being a Viking, trouncing through the world with a sword in my hand because the D stands for dominance. Some I get off on some of this. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Clearly, right? Yeah. This is It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, the big D gets off. Right? It gets, <laughs> the big D gets off on this. It goes on to say, because you can be fairly intense, others may sometimes feel that you're irritated with them. Yeah, you're irritated with most people. Yeah, I'm cold. Yeah. Unwelcoming. Feedback that I've gotten. This, yeah, is, the, the, this knows me more than the, the people actually give me real... I should have read this before I solicited feedback. And, and you wouldn't have needed it. You started just to smile read this. more. But not every situation calls for a Viking sword to be thrown down and slain. I know, but more situations, most situations can be won with a sword. You, th- you believe that's true? I don't know. You I mean, tell that's, me. that's one way to do it. But what if you have a situation where you come, you, your, your big ship rolls in, your big D's get off the big ship, and you're ready to go swaggering in? And what if just by having a conversation, those five people on the island just, they just give you what you want? Maybe they become your pals and you work together. Maybe they're big D's and they get on, on yeah, the ship. Do you know a Maybe situation you, like that was Thanksgiving? People think that Thanksgiving was like that, a conversation? It was a bloodbath. <laughs> and, and you liked it that way. <laughs> See, I foresee it as a very peaceful thing where people got, got something to accomplish. There, there's, there's more than one way to get after this. And you just proved my point that by you being a big D, thinking that you can steamroll everybody, and that's the way to be? I don't that's think it's ca- the way to be. I think it's... You just said these that are that's the most preferred way these are to go town to town slashing people. Well, these are personality traits. More people traits. should do it. These are innate traits. These are... Yeah, but you're saying it's the innate trait. I'm saying this is the trait. These traits are innate within humans. Yeah. You're going to fall within No, I know they're out there, but you're saying it's the superior human. Well, clearly. I'm just saying that you perpetuate what's already out there and that corporate America lifts this up. Oh, I mean, I would say that it's the 
superior human if you're basing all of life on this world on the the strongest and the fittest survive. Let's be honest. And I, if like, we're on a Viking ship, do, if so you're if gonna you're talk in, to me and I got like a sword, I'm gonna. Did you say sword? A sword. <laughs> S word for five hundreds. Sword. S word for five hundred. All right. I don't. I'm need, going I, in circles. You you think it's a I don't either. One. I I mean I clearly don't either. I think that uh, I know and recognize that this is my personality. And I intentionally need to surround myself with people around that circle in the I and the S and C's to be successful. If you're so dominant in D, you don't last long. People see you as being fake, being a bully, being a steamroller, as in your own words. And I know, right, we're having fun. I know that that is I'm not, not this truth. It's, it's not the way it is, right? You can't <laughs> I succeed. I feel like this. Some people do. It's been weighing on me. Clearly, we've got some work to do after this episode. Well, I mean, what are you? Oh, I'm, I'm an I. You're do you have the I. description of that? I, I don't... Yeah, so I've got, which is great about this uh, printout here, is they give us a way to understand how we should react to different styles. For the audience. Let me read this first line, though, for you. Okay. Now, imagine that you also work with someone with an I style. You do? <laughs> you even started a podcast with one. Oh, interesting. You should have read this first, man. You're going to get to the end of this. You're going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> He seems to know everyone on a first-name basis and always has the latest scoop. You probably don't share his positive approach and enthusiasm, and you may find him to be overly optimistic. Is that true? No, I don't think so. You thought about it for a second. Yeah, I don't think you're overly optimistic. I'm definitely not overly optimistic. You have a nice positive approach and enthusiasm, but I think that's because you're single with all four fucking kids and three cats and a dog <laughs> and you don't have an idea of what fucking life is really about, but we'll, we'll attack that later. All right. So this next uh, paragraph goes, because you share his priority of action and interest in rapid change, which we do, Yeah. you probably rapid. admire his spontaneity and flexible approach. I think you're half agreeing with these. Though. Well, I mean, you can just pick up and go to Costa Rica on a surf camp fucking trip I don't know if I admire that or I'm envious of that. You know, I told my <laughs> wife, kidding. I was like, I'm like living a little bit through Keith. Like, this is the life maybe I could have let, let, right? Like, you trapped me. Maybe, that, maybe, that, maybe that's, that's why it, both, it works both ways. We both <laughs> see the other side and, and, and can appreciate it. Yeah. That's yes. my positive-sided eye coming out there. It is. That is your... I'm putting words in your mouth so Overly you optimistic, me. yes. I'm just trying to get, not get crushed by the Viking sword. However, you're likely more concerned with getting tangible results than he is. So while you're away surfing in the sea. That's not untrue. Tanning. And while you both tan. enjoy coming up with bold ideas. I was born ideas, tan. I don't need to tan. You're probably more driven to implement them. So you enjoy coming up with bold ideas. I do. But I'm more driven to implement them. I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. That's why we work. That's why this works. That's true. We were trying to download Facebook Messenger with you today, and it was difficult. We, we didn't achieve it. Didn't still, we're still working on that. All right. So <laughs> I don't know you, if I'll ever get it. Uh, I don't have a password anyway. I, this, this is what it goes to. And this is, I think you might agree or take offense to this, right? You Lay may, it on me, Viking. You, you may wonder. Slash through. Yeah. You may wonder how he gets any work done with all that socializing and joke telling. <laughs> That's bullshit. It says that. Verbatim. Socializing and joke. To, this I know for a fact that this is not who you are or who you want to yes. be. But when you say that you're an I, 
People look at this and said, oh, I know that's Keith. He's socialized. He's a joke. Teller. I know because people don't see the other side of it. We, we talked about in the development planning. This is what it says to me. People with the eye style may seem talkative, optimistic, naive, and passionate. Which of those do you believe? I think you're optimistic. Yeah. And passionate. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't think you're naive at all. Talkative, you definitely talk more than me, but so does everyone else. So I have no idea. Like, <laughs> the baseline is different. My baseline is pretty low for that. So, you know, this is one of those deals where we could walk in to a, you know, situation together. I got the sword. You got the looks and the 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 easy, the speakeasy kind of like, I'm going to sway it over, you know, persuade people. And I just lull them into submission and then you, you whack their heads off? Yeah. Maybe I don't need to whack I, them. I feel like we could grow into any situation. I, I absolutely do. What do you do with all this? If you and your team take all these, what's actionable? We sit down and I tell them that I am a D. Yeah, and, and deal they, with it. They fall in line. And I, I ask this a little rhetorically, right? <laughs> because I, I, I think that the Ds use this as a way to say, huh, I'm a D. I'm a D. I know I'm a fucking asshole, but hey. Yeah, I already knew that. Paper says I'm a D, so I guess you're going to have to deal with it. I get what the paper says, but it doesn't give you a pass from just trouncing all over everybody, right? I think these could be crutches. If I want to communicate very directly with you and I say, hey, here's my goals. I want to get things done quickly. I want to talk about it. I want to make sure we're done. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but this is what it is. You yeah. should know that about yep. me. If you're like, hey, like, I'd love it in the mornings if you like swung by my desk and we had a little bit of a conversation about the weekend. Sweet, we can do that too. Kind of make sure that it fits your personality. You want to chat a little bit. You know, and, and I do too, but make sure that it, it's it's all. But I, I only want to chat if you want to chat. It's got to come from you. Like, I don't want you to chat with me just because I want you to chat with me. Well, yeah, I true. want you. You understand what I'm saying? No, I don't. Because you're not giving in to the D's. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. No, I can, I can appreciate it. I just. You want an authentic conversation. Yeah. It, and if you don't, it's totally fine. But I, I, I think... See, that is fine as long as you realize that. The people that don't realize that I'm a D or she's a D, you wouldn't, as they walk briskly past you to go do something and yeah, they're I'm not like, smiling, the they're like... Why? Why, is why they, would you do that? Why are they walking past me? Yeah. Like, I know it can get difficult if you walk by 20 people, but hey, that's what it takes if you have to say hi to them all. <laughs> I mean... I, I didn't choose how big this place is. It could take a long time to get to the bathroom and back. The other day I was walking with someone and we were going down a long hallway. I was completely intent with not saying a single word. Because I'm thinking, stretch. I'm walking. We're yeah. just walking. And that person was like, I know you're completely comfortable, but it makes me uncomfortable that we're not saying anything as we walk down this really? hallway. Really? Yeah. And I, and I got it because we're walking side by side and not talking. But I was in my own head. Yeah. Just kind of thinking my own stuff. Like, we just got out of a meeting for half an hour, an hour together. We're, I'm just thinking, processing, processing, and then we're just walking. And it's funny that that person called out to me, like, it's weird that we're not talking. Yeah. And we got a long way to go. And I'm like... That's usually when you bust out the good jokes. You've been, you've been keeping them inside for a, for a yeah, good I'm hour. Yeah, like, you know, I'm a big D. And you come out, you just got to wear it on your chest. I got to wear the D. Scarlet letter D. I think there's some good there's some good nuggets here that we can apply. Yeah, and I'd love to hear from the listeners and post on your on our facial or uh, facial. <laughs> oh, Big D wants it on his facial. Oh, it's that time is it? Facebook. Yeah. Post on our social not, pages. It's not a family friendly. And uh, let us know if you've taken this test. Are you a D, an I, an S, or a C? 
and tell us a little bit about your experiences. Tell us what works. Tell us what doesn't work. Um, tell Carl he's an asshole. Yeah, D, definition, result-oriented. It's firm. All right. The D has I, always got to be firm. Are we done here? Forceful. Are we done? That's what the we, D is. Here's the funny is thing is, after I got done... I just done, want to be done with this whole thing. Here's the, uh, the thing that I take away from this. After I got done taking this and shared it with my wife, she also took it. And like you, she, a lot of her top five were also your top five. And... I learned something then that opposites do attract and I feel like I find myself surrounding myself with people that are different than me in order to make the results even better and more fulfilling. Well, so, I appreciate that. So I, I feel I like we're at least ending on a, a positive note. All that being said, all the, all the, the shit I talked about, the big D's, um, I would get on your Viking ship. All right. I would maybe not as slay as many people as, as you would. I think there's other ways we can conquer lands together. Yeah. Um, you could be the chef. I don't want to be the chef. I want a better <laughs> role on the ship than a chef. Right? I, I still, I'm still on the main. I'm on the main floor. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, know, you know what? What the hell with your ship, man? I know. I want, you're I like the laughable, ship. like, you know, you're not Captain Hook, but you're like the laughable guy that's... I'm his... Cap- <laughs> Captain Hook. No, you're not. You're like the the guy... What's his, uh, what's his sidekick, Captain Hook's... Uh... I don't want to be a sidekick. No, you're not a sidekick. You're just the funny guy. All right. There's different ways that we can I, conquer I just here. totally, like, stereotyped everything <laughs> about you with the, with the eye and with the uh, thing, so... so I, I think, I We're going uh... on the right, the wrong direction here. I think one of the takeaways for me is that I think these can be useful if you use them within your teams, within you know, with your wife, with people that you already know. But if you're using it to screen people who's in and who's out, um, evidence suggests that that's not the right thing to do. And I think from some of our discussion that that might not lead to the best possible outcome. Yeah, I tried I think, to I tried to close it on a positive note. There, no, I, I do think there's some nuggets in there. For I, and I think you're right. And I think a part of this too is you have to have some humility. And be willing to laugh at yourself a little bit with these results because they're not or other abs- or other people too. They're not absolute. They change over time. Our experiences shape. Do us. they change over time? They have to. Our experiences shape us. They have to to some degree. Maybe smaller as we get older and closer to death. But I feel like that's a little, that's a little morbid. Early on, you definitely get shaped quite quickly. Have some fun if you're going to have a team meeting with this. Laugh about it with each other. Have some fun. Make jokes. Go almost the you know the hyperbole and have a little bit of extreme fun with this because it's uh, it's who you are uh, to a certain degree. But uh, everyone's different, and y'all can have a little bit of fun acknowledging that. All right, man. I think we should leave it right there. All right, let's wrap it. So if you want to catch us, uh, leave us a note on the socials: Keith and Carl Instagram at Work Shorts Podcast. Facebook at Work Shorts and check us out on our YouTube channel, Keith and Carl. Yeah, Carl, check us out, peeps. To the Viking ship. Thumbs up to that mother. <laughs> <laughs>